Listen to the word of the Lord this morning. Luke chapter 1, verse 5 says, During the rule of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest assigned service in the regiment of Abijah. His name was Zechariah. His wife was descended from the daughters of Aaron. Her name was Elizabeth. Together they lived honorably before God, careful in keeping to the ways of the commandments and enjoying a clear conscience before God. But they were childless because Elizabeth could never conceive. And now they were quite old. Let's pray over the word of God today. Gracious God, we come before you today thanking you. Thanking you for the opportunity to be together as the family of God. Lord, and wherever we may be in our journey today, it is my prayer that you will draw us all ever so closer to you, regardless of the distance we may feel or the distance that we may think exists. But in this season, as we enter this Christmas season, this Advent season, this season of hopeful expectation, we do so with the expectation that God, just as you came in the form of your son Jesus, in the baby, you came to earth, you left heaven and entered our dark world, but you did not enter it without hope, for you are the hope, you are the life, and you are the light. We enter this season believing, hoping, expecting that you will once again come near to us, wherever we may be, wherever we find ourselves. Oh God, may you find us, rescue us, redeem us, heal our hearts, comfort our souls, restore and refresh our spirits this season. And let the hope of the light of Jesus Christ be bright and be big in each and every one of our lives. Bless your word today and help us hear it and receive it and go forth and do it. In the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody agree? Can say amen? Amen. Our coming Savior is our Christmas season, our Christmas series as we begin this whole Advent season today. Welcome this morning to New Life Church. It's such a joy and an honor for you to be with us. Uh, many churches you could go to, but I thank God many of you call this place home. And for those of you who are visiting, we pray that when you leave, you will experience warmth of friendship, the graciousness of good conversation, and most importantly, you'll leave knowing that you were in the presence of God and that your life is better for it. Hope everyone had a good Thanksgiving. Did everybody have a good one? Mostly? Good? Hopefully? All? Okay? Good. Good. How many traveled? How many traveled? How many traveled uh, more than 100 miles? One way. More than 100 miles one way. All right. How about more than 250 miles? Ah, uh, Pastor Prentice has his beat. I think he actually had to fly to be with his, his crew this week in Oklahoma. It's good to have you back safe and sound. Good to have all of you back safe and sound. And Hopefully you're not still stuffed on turkey and you're going to fall asleep on me in the next few minutes. Uh, but uh, isn't turkey good? Do you guys like turkey? Yeah, I love turkey. It's, it's good. It's good. Maybe you'll get some after church today as well. I don't know. 
Uh, anyway, Christmas season, our coming Savior. The words here that Luke writes, uh, he, he writes them with careful investigation. In fact, he opens up this whole chapter in chapter 1 explaining that it's with careful time and careful research and careful investigation that he writes this because he wants there to be accuracy and obviously anything in the Bible that it is accurate and there's no, there are no errors but Luke was diligent to make sure that he portrayed this story with accuracy and, it's, and today we start this series off our coming Savior with two main characters and then it becomes three Elizabeth and Zachariah who, as you, most of you perhaps know the way the story ends, they have a child, and they name him John, as the video alludes to. And, uh, and John is the cousin of Jesus, the Messiah. And he is known as the forerunner of, of Jesus, preparing the way, getting people ready for the coming of the Lord. And, uh, you know, there's always a forerunner. There's always something that preempts our destiny with Christ. There's always something that takes place before Jesus really, truly breaks through and breaks into our situation, breaks into our cold hearts, breaks into our, our difficult lives. There's always something that takes place. Sometimes it's tragedy. Sometimes it's an ailment. Sometimes it's a death. Other times, it's just a letdown and a disappointment. But nonetheless, God uses all of those things for his good cause and his good purpose. And that's something we have to keep in mind and keep in remembrance, especially in this holiday season. For a lot, of holidays are cheerful and joyful. Don't skip a beat. And then there's some, though, holidays bring some some remorse and holidays bring some some tears of sadness due to things that have happened in life and happened in family and um, God just wants you to know that he's near this season so wherever you might find yourself in the spectrum of life God is not removed and he's near and it's our prayer that you will find him and know him in a very greater and a much greater way than you ever have before so it starts out here with these two main characters Elizabeth and Zachariah, and, and it, it just kind of preludes the story, kind of giving the, the background here to, to what's going on. Now, here's something to keep in mind with Zachariah and Elizabeth. They, uh, Zachariah is a priest, and, 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 and they both actually come from a lineage of priests. Uh, so their lineage is pretty rich in, in, in a spiritual sense. Uh, they both descend from a priestly Gen, uh, generations before them, and so they have they live with a double honor on their life, and and at those times, being in the priesthood was a pretty big deal. Uh, came with a lot of honor, came with a lot of respect, uh, came with a lot of credibility, and it, not just for the name itself, but these two. I think the the bigger picture of double honor here applies because the Bible just depicts it says they lived honorably before God. They sought to serve the Lord with their whole heart and their whole life, regardless of what was going on around them or happening to them. But even in the midst of the credibility, the respect, and the honor they had with people, people looked up to them. They were role models. They were examples. They, they, people looked to them for guidance and, and, and all of these things. And, so, and they had this, this responsibility to keep up. But in that... They, that was the outward thing. Inwardly, they had, they had some sorrow. You ever been around somebody? Maybe you found yourself there before. Outwardly, you seem to have things going for you. But inside, you know there's something missing. 
And we must not forget that. We must not let, 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 let situations and people's facade fool us because no one has it all together all the time, right? We were kind of talking about that this morning, Lindsay and I were before service, that seems like, you know, we're talking about parents. Something seems like some parents just seem to have it all going for them. You got it all happening, your kids say yes ma'am and yes sir and they, they don't disobey and they seem to just pick up after themselves and do what they tell them the first time and then you've got parents like me who, who the struggle is real. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I might stand before you like I might look okay but man, inside sometimes I'm like, man, I need help. <laughs> I need help. Call, I need, I, who are you going to call, Right? Yeah, my daughter came in the room the other day. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. And I'm like, I need to for you sometimes. <laughs> and, um, but that's, that's the picture here with Elizabeth and Zachariah. They had it going on, but inwardly, she had some sorrow. Socially, she had a stigma. And it was all because, verse 7, they could not have a child she could not conceive plus they were really old and it just didn't seem possible looked like it had all passed them by other biblical word that might be used there is the word barren she was barren and in those times to be barren you, you were frowned on here you have these two folks coming from a priestly lineage and Involved in the service of the Lord, yet socially they had this stigma because she was barren. And the question that would seem to go around in the villages would be, what sin did they commit for her, them to not have a child? I wonder what they did. That'd be kind of the talk going around. Well, obviously we get from Scripture here, Luke says they lived honorably before God. They served the Lord, so there was not that, go nothing had gone on like that. It's just the way it was at the time in her life and in their life. No child, barren. And so barren is an agricultural word, which means a land that, does, that, a land that bears nothing, a land that produces nothing. And so for Elizabeth in her life, you could say she had this stigma because her life was not producing what it was capable of producing. How about you and I? How about you? How about me? What, what do we have? What stigma is in our life <clears throat> that keeps us from producing the things that God wants to produce out of our life? What, what, is going, what goes on in our hearts? What do we wrestle with in, in, our, in our soul? What conflicts our spirit, so to speak, that, that just prohibits and keeps you and I from from really producing the things that God wants to produce in our life. What, 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 what stigma do you and I have? What stain, what mark is on you? What mark is on us that we feel that keeps us in, in, uh, unable to truly just allow God to fully move in our life? What things keep popping up? Maybe it's reoccurring things. Maybe it's some things that happened in our life a long time ago that we thought maybe we had closure, we thought maybe we had resolution to, maybe we thought we were over that. Anybody ever been there? You thought you were over that, and then something happens, and you're like, I, I ain't over that, right? Maybe it was a bad relationship, and it's that per somebody mentions that person's name, and then that person's name's face pops up in your mind, and you're like, 
dude, I, I thought I was done with that. I thought I had let that go. I thought I had truly released that. Or maybe it's, maybe it's a, a, an addiction to something. Anybody addicted to shopping? Don't admit it. But when things go south in your life, the first thing you run to is the credit card to go shop, right? I'm not going to even bring up all the other things we might be addicted to. But what stigma is it? Think about your life. See, God came to deal with this stigma in her life. And he comes to deal with the stigmas in all of our lives. He is the answer. So it goes on. And that's where they found themselves in this place. This stigma was the biggest thing that stuck out. It wasn't their service to the Lord. It was their stigma to the social crowd. For you, it might just be a secret. No one else, no one else really knows about it but you and the Lord. Verse 9, or excuse me, verse 8. I'm reading from the message translation today, by the way. It says, and it so happened that as Zechariah was carrying out his priestly duties before God, working the shift assigned to his regiment, it came his turn, his one turn in life, to enter the sanctuary of God and to burn incense. The congregation was gathered and praying outside the temple at the hour of the incense offering. And unannounced, an angel of God appeared just to the right of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was paralyzed in fear. The thing you got to take note of and understand about this story here with Zechariah is, as a priest, there were these, uh, the priestly uh, folks, they were, they were kind of organized in like 24 divisions, 24 divisions, and they would serve once a week, twice a year when it was their turn, and if their name got called and selected. And at, during Zechariah's time frame, there were about, scholars estimate there were about 20,000 priests in 24 divisions. So that would leave several hundred uh, priests in, in the division of Zechariah. And, and basically when it was their week, they were basically on call. Anybody work a job where you're on call? Anybody, a few of you? Yeah, especially those in healthcare, you're on call at certain times of the day and of the week. And you don't want to hear that phone ring or, or that text come through at 3 a.m. Mm-mm. Mm -mm. You just want to be like that woman who says, I ain't doing it. I ain't answering it. I ain't doing it. Then you'd be like, I ain't got a job. <laughs> but it was, he was on call and with these other several hundred in his regiment, in his division. And so the likelihood of him getting called to serve at that particular moment in time was, was, it was slim. But that's why Luke records this, and he writes this. You see, it was, the way they did it was they, what they did, a thing called casting lots. It'd be the equivalent of us today putting our names in a hat and drawing a name out. Whoever got, whoever's uh, name was drawn, that was the priest that was going to go into the altar and go into the temple and burn the incense and do their priestly responsibility and, and prepare an opportunity for the people to come and pray and interact with God. And so that, 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 that's what was going on. His, his name got selected out of a hat, so to speak. And, and he, so he, he did his thing. And that's why Luke says his one turn in life to enter the sanctuary and serve God. I think one of the things that, that Zechariah's story in this picture teaches us is that when things aren't working out the way we want them to work out, 
we still got to show up when our name's called. And the last time I read the, the book, it said that God knows our name. So he's constantly calling our name. He's constantly putting us in a place where we can hopefully hear his voice and he calls our name and, and, and his name was called. And so I think that's one of the things that we need to take away from Zechariah is that when, when life is not all it's turned out to be, when we have plans and, and they've gone awry, when we've made some decisions and wanted them to go a certain way and things have not worked out the way we wanted them to or hoped that they would or the way we planned them to go, what do we do? Zechariah teaches us, well, we still show up to serve God. We still show up to be faithful to the Lord. We don't put God and our relationship with Him and the church on the back burner and, and say to ourselves, well, maybe one day when I feel better, one day when things turn around, one day when things go my way, maybe when He answers my prayer, then I'll, 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 I'll give it another shot. No, Zechariah teaches us that in the midst of when it's hard, in the midst of when life is dark, because life was dark for the people of God in that time for the nation of Israel. It had been several hundred years since God's voice was heard. There was this absent theism, if you will, from the throne of heaven, and people were not hearing from the prophets. Prophets were not speaking on behalf of God, and God's voice was silent in this time, and, the, and, and, and he sends this angel into the temple at the right time. Zechariah and, and Elizabeth have been praying, along with the whole host of everyone else in Israel at the time, praying for the Messiah to come. Well, God, as we read it, you read on into this chapter, you realize that the Messiah is going to come, but before the Messiah actually comes, Elizabeth is going to have a birth. And she's going to give birth to John, and the, whom they named John, who God says to name John. And so this angel steps into the sanctuary when Zechariah says, you know, I don't really feel like it. I'm going to call in sick today. Anybody ever call in sick? Don't raise your hand. Because sometimes we call in sick and we're not sick, right? Then when we really do get sick and we got to call in sick, we don't have any more sick days left. But he's like, I, I, I don't feel like serving in the temple this year. Come on, I mean, come on, it'll happen again. I'll get my second week, I'll get my next year. My name will pop up eventually, but his name got called and he had to answer. So what do we do when God calls our name? In our life, in our situations, are not what we wanted them to be. Am I talking to anybody today? Our situations are not what we wanted them to be. They're not as happy. They're not as joyful. They're not as peaceful. Our heart and our soul is not as comforted as we want it to be. We don't have certain things going the way we wanted them to go. We, we, we might have lost a loved one. We might have, might have experienced a difficult time at work where our relationship at home might be strained and it might be stressed. And, and those might not even describe accurately your condition and your situation right now but what do you do when it's not happening for you you still show up you still show up and that's one of the big things Zechariah teaches us because think about it had he not shown up the angel would not have appeared because God is not going to waste his time why send the angel if Zechariah is not even there And he would have missed out on the announcement. So let's see what else happens. You guys good? So verse, um, verse 13. Zechariah was paralyzed in fear. It's probably so. If an angel came right here and sat down, most of us would just be, poof, 
we'd back right off our chairs and we'd fall to the floor because we'd be freaked out. Gabriel shows up. Verse 13 says, The angel reassured him, Don't fear, Zechariah. Don't fear. It says, Your prayer has been heard. Now that is what we all want to hear. Right? That is what we all want to hear. Hey, don't be freaking out. Your prayer has been heard. Come on, anybody? Anybody got some prayers going out to heaven? Anybody have prayers sending up to God? And the angel comes, God's voice comes and tells you, hey, don't fear. Your prayer has been heard. Now, this is a prayer they've been praying a long time now. Bible describes them, they're older, way older, way past what was naturally time to have a child. So that's all working in their mindset. And the angel says, hey, don't fear. Don't freak out. God has heard your prayer. Then it says, he says this, your, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you are to name him John. You're going to leap like a gazelle for joy. Not only you, many will delight in his birth, and he'll achieve great stature with God. He goes on to tell him in verse uh, 15 again, he says, He'll drink neither wine nor beer. He'll be filled with the Holy Spirit from the moment he leaves his mother's womb. He will turn many sons and daughters of Israel back to their God. He will herald God's arrival in the style and strength of Elijah, soften the hearts of parents to children, and kindle devout understanding among hardened skeptics. He'll get the people ready for God. Now, that's a pretty big uh, description about their son's destiny. Now, here's something to take note of. Zachariah's name means God remembers. God remembers. So can you imagine being in Zechariah's shoes, not necessarily as the priest, but just as the person, and maybe there's some parallels to your life. He's been praying for a long time to have a child, especially for him to have a boy. Can you imagine? Think about the prayers you've been praying. Think about what you've been asking God for. Come on, think about what you've been believing God for. And Zechariah was named God Remembers. In other words, God doesn't forget. Think about it. Think about all the prayers that you've been praying that are not yet answered, that have not yet come to pass. Think about them. Think about your prayers. God remembers. Why do we serve a God whom we can't see? Because we believe He remembers God's memory, there is no issue with. God doesn't forget. God doesn't forget. And he tells him, you are to name him John. It was not the way it was supposed to work. Names were given after the father and their lineage and their family line. No one, will, you, no one was named John. And he said, you need to name him John. He tells Zachariah that first, name him John. And he says, now look, this is what he's going to be like. This is what he's going to do. He's going to get people ready for God. Now here's the thing. God says, look, I remember and I don't forget and I will answer your prayer because I want to do greater things in your life than you could ever think were possible. 
God is able to do greater things in our life than we are able to do on our own and out of our own strength and out of our own ability. Zechariah teaches us that when God calls your name, you show up. In other words, you make yourself available to God even when you don't feel like it. Come on, church, anybody ever not feel like it some days? You're like, I just ain't feeling this Christian safe thing today. My coworkers be getting on every nerve I got, and I'm about to give them a piece of my mind, right? Some days we just aren't feeling it. But Zechariah teaches us and shows us, show up anyway, make yourself available to God, even when you don't feel it. Because God has a greater plan in mind than what we are able to even conjure up in our small world. God's plan far exceeds anything you and I could ever dream up or ever imagine on our own. It's what Ephesians 3.20 tells us, To Him be all the glory who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask, or think according to the power that works within us, the power of Christ that works within us, and also the power to imagine and ask works within us. If you and I can't imagine it, and you and I don't ask it, then guess what? It ain't going to happen. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Faith is what pleases God. Faith, God rewards those who diligently seek Him. If we don't seek Him, we won't find Him. If we don't ask of Him, He won't do it. What have you been praying? I got an amen and a word from the very back row today. What are you praying? What are you asking? How are you seeking? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Because the Bible, Jesus teaches us, knock. And the door will be open. Seek. Look through it. Search through it. Push through your mess. Push through your pain. Push through what sets you back. Push through whatever is pushing against you. Seek. And you will find. Come on. We don't want to be the kind of people who expects God to do everything for us and us not move in faith. Because here's the reality. He won't. We must energize. We must acclimate we must move ourselves we must ask we must seek and we must knock that's what Zachariah was doing he was making himself available even when he didn't want to even he knew he was still too old to have a kid he was still too old to make it happen he was still too old folks but he didn't stop he didn't stop he kept asking, he kept seeking, he kept knocking, he kept praying, and he made himself available even when it was inconvenient. Any of us willing to still show up for God and make ourselves available when we don't feel like it? If we will, it will lead to the greater thing that God wants to do in our life. And he tells him this is what he's going to do, and he explains it now, verse 18. Zechariah said to the angel, do you expect me to believe this? Come on, I'm an old man, my wife is an old woman. It was just between him and the Lord talking, so no one else heard him call his wife an old woman. <laughs> He's like, come on, really? I'm just trying to get through the holidays here. I'm just trying to get through my turn. My time at the wheel, my time here at the factory, my time here at the temple, my time here on my... I'm just trying to get through this season. I just want this to be over with. 
So you expect me to believe what you just told me? Here's what the angel said. Look at this, verse 19. It says, the angel said, I am Gabriel, the sentinel of God, sent especially to bring you this glad news. But because you won't believe me, you'll be unable to say a word until the day of your son's birth. Every word I've spoken to you will come true. Here it is, on time, dash, God's time. Now here's the other thing God's, uh, that we can learn from Zechariah's story here. The angel said, okay, you don't really believe it. You're not going to get to mess it up either. I think for a lot of times, many of us feel like we're going to mess up God's plan. So we don't do anything. We don't step out. We don't trust. We don't walk the steps of faith. Because we're afraid we're going to mess up God's plan. Here's the deal. We can't mess it up. God is perfect in his way. Our job is to believe. Our responsibility is to have faith. Our responsibility is then to obey what God said. We don't have to try to fabricate it. We don't try to have to make it happen. We don't have to conjure it up. We don't have to do any of that. We don't have to force it. God's will is not forced, it's embraced. And if we'll just embrace it, accept it, and then obey it. And for Zechariah, the angel's like, look, you know who I am? I'm Gabriel, son. I am the angel of God. And you're going to sit here and tell me you don't believe? Then, hey, your mouth is closed. And all the ladies and wives can say, Amen. <laughs> So if I knew sign language right now, I'd do the rest of this message in sign language just to illustrate, but I can't. I'm not, I don't know. So you're stuck with listening. And then this other part here of what Zachariah's story teaches us is this. God makes us wait. God makes us wait. God says it. He's promised it. He's spoken it. He's declared it. He's unveiled it, and he's revealed it, yet he makes us wait. The waiting is sometimes the hardest part, right? Anybody still waiting on God for some things? Yeah. Come on, any waiters in the place? Not haters, waiters. Got any waiters in the place today? Waiting on God is sometimes the hardest thing to do. But we've been told, we've been, we've been shared with, we've been spoken to, God remembers, and God's plan has been spoken, and God wants to do something in our life. But you and I, we, we, we still hesitate, and we doubt. We doubt. And then there's this time that goes by. You know, in the Bible, in the New Testament, when it says, and suddenly this, and suddenly that, and suddenly these things happen, well, what we don't realize is all the time that led up to the suddenly. All this dark space, all this, this empty space, and all, all this silent time that went by until then, suddenly this, suddenly that. And friends, that's how it works with the Lord. It's not just an overnight success. 
You hear all these overnight successes. They're not just overnight. You, all this grinding and all this doing and all this showing up behind the scenes when nobody knew their name and nobody could care less if they could sing or not. Nobody would give them a time or day for a tryout. They didn't even make it on season 12 of The Voice because they failed all other 11 times on The Voice and all these things, all these behind-the-scenes tryouts and all these behind-the-scenes showing up. And it wasn't just overnight. No, there was all this time that went by and then it was suddenly to you and I the readers we get suddenly because it builds our faith and it encourages us and it inspires God's spirit inside of us but the real story behind the story is there's this time lapse involved and there's this time involved in God crafting and creating and preparing for what he wants to bring to our life and how he wants to do it Now, I'll be honest with you, I sure wish God worked on my timetable. Right? If he just worked on my timetable, everything would be different. We wouldn't be setting up and tearing down chairs every week, setting up and pulling down curtains every week. We wouldn't be in in a 1950s gym. We'd have done saved the whole city of Jackson. Every church in Madison County would be together and one and unified. There wouldn't be any bickering and backbiting and, and competition. All of America would love Jesus and serve Jesus. And I mean, the world would be perfect again, right? But that's not how it works on our timetable. We got the daily grind going on. We got to show up when we don't feel like it. We got to pray when we don't really think we know what to pray. Anybody ever been there? You pray, you don't really know what to pray. You find, I don't even know what to pray right now about this situation. I don't know what to pray about my life. I don't know what to think about this. And we show up and we make ourselves available and we wait. But here's what we need to remember. The same prophet that prophesied that Jesus would come and how he would come. This isn't on the screen. This is like, wasn't sure if I'd share it, so it's this right here. So Isaiah 40, verse, 40 uh, verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Right? A year ago, I showed up to church the Sunday after Thanksgiving, and I broke my leg. Sucked. <laughs> so from then until the end of March, I was on a, and you know, remember the story, I was in a brace, all this stuff. Had to wait for the healing to take place. Now, I believe that God, I mean, I had so many people praying for me, laying hands on me. I was trying it out, seeing, and it just wasn't happening. I had to wait. Sometimes I don't like waiting. You? I'll be 42 in a few weeks. I know. It's amazing. I know I don't look 42. (laughs) Ministry adds 20 years. (laughs) Especially takes it away right there. But I'm actually starting to fall in love with waiting. Not make make life hurry up. 
I discover, I find that in the days, because it's not been weeks yet, it's just days here and there that I get okay with waiting, that I've discovered in the days that I just fall in love and I'm okay with waiting, I'm at a lot, I have a lot more peace. I have a lot more joy in my heart. I have less anxiousness creeping up on me. I tend to not let people get on my nerves. I know the, other, the opposite of that happens, me to them, I get that. But what happens to me, I, I, it just doesn't seem to happen as much. Life hasn't tra- changed drastically for me. I'm not any wealthier than I was a year ago. Same house, good house, same car, good car, same family, good family. All these things are in life are pretty much the same. What changed? My heart. My, my view, my perspective. Really, faith growing in God. But man, having to wait can be difficult. But the Bible's still true because the prophecies come to pass. Those who wait on the Lord will have new strength. Anybody believe in God for some new strength in your life this season? You need some new hope. You need some new vigor. You need some new pep in your step. You need some new strength in your soul. More than what you had last year, more than what you had when you first got saved. You just know and believe, I need some new strength in my life. Because I've gotten weary and I've gotten tired and life has knocked me down more times than I thought it would happen. Right? But those who wait on the Lord. And then we'll finish with Elizabeth. Verse 23. You can read verse 21 and 22. It says the congregation even had to wait. They were getting restless. What was happening? Verse 23. It says when the course of his priestly assignment was completed, Zechariah went back home. And it wasn't long before his wife Elizabeth conceived. I wonder how that happened. She went off by herself for five months, relishing her pregnancy. And she said these words, So, this is how God acts to remedy my unfortunate condition. Now, Zechariah's name means God remembers. Elizabeth's name means God is my promise. God is my promise. So God didn't forget, but God also answered. He delivered on his promise. Friends, if you and I will just show up when we're supposed to, we'll make ourselves available to God more than we care to, more than when we don't feel like it. And we'll have the patience We'll have the patience for God. He'll show us He doesn't forget. He'll teach us that He will deliver on His promise.
and they go on. Months later, the baby's born. Elizabeth's there for five months. And it says she was relishing her pregnancy. My thoughts kind of go this way with her on this. She was reflecting about all these years of without having a child. Their hard knocks life, even though they had all the outward things, something was missing inside. She was reflecting about the way life had been. And I think she was also thanking God for what he was doing. He was working it out within her. Give God enough time, he'll work things out in your life. Just give him time. Don't take the will. Don't be anxious to get control. Don't think you've got the answer. Don't think you know more than what God knows. Give him time. He works it out. And in that period of time, I also think and like to believe Elizabeth, whose name means God is my promise, gained a new perspective. And she saw. So this is how God is going to take away my stigma. I never would have thought it. I thought it was too late. I thought my time had come. I thought my time had passed. I thought my situation was too strong and difficult. So this is how God remedies my unfortunate condition. Friends, sometimes the way God answers our prayer is not always the way we think he will answer our prayer. The video that we watched at the beginning shows Zachariah and Elizabeth talk, or he wasn't talking, he was writing and hand gesturing and trying to communicate to her an angel had visited, God had spoken, and it ended with hope being restored through prophecy. And friends, I want to leave you with these thoughts right here. This Christmas season. This season of giving thanks and this season of hopeful expectation. What has God spoken to you this year? What words has he whispered to your heart? What thoughts has he dropped into your spirit about your life? about your situation, about your dwelling place, about your family, about your soul. Because it's through prophecy that hope is restored. You need to remember those things. You need to dig them out of the well, and you need to put them on your kitchen table so that you will see them every day. You need to remember what God has spoken. Hope was restored through prophecy in their life. Same for us. But also, stigma. The stigma ended with a promise. 
God promised, the stigma instantly goes away. What stigma in your life is a big deal to you? What stigma in your life continues to stick up? God's word of promise to deliver you, to set you free, to heal your broken heart, to mend your wounded soul, to reconcile relationships, to heal your physical body. Those are some promises from God's word. And those stigmas that you and I carry around in our life, they can end if we will believe his promise. Amen? And then lastly, I'll leave you with this thought. Hope restored, stigma ended. Zechariah could not speak. He was silenced for nine, nearly ten months till the child was born. And then his silence was broken with a benediction, with a blessing. And I just want to read, the, you got time for this? It's like 45 seconds, you guys okay? Okay. I don't think this is on the screen. Same chapter, end of the book, or end of that chapter, chapter 1, verse 67, and a few verses there. It says, Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he prophesied, and this is what he said. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He came and set his people free. Now this is the first time he speaks in months. Silence broken with this blessing. He set the power of salvation in the center of our lives. And in the very house of David, his servant, just as he promised long ago through the preaching of his holy prophets, deliverance from our enemies and every hateful hand, mercy to our fathers as he remembers to do what he said he'd do. What he swore to our father Abraham, a clean rescue from the enemy camp, so we can worship him without a care in the world and made holy before him as long as we live. Zechariah blesses his life, blesses his family, blesses the nation of Israel, blesses our lives today that when that was not planned, I promise, <laughs> when silence is broken with a scare from the sound system. Now, when silence is broken, it's broken with God's blessing in your life. Amen.